The following podcast is brought to you on behalf of the Saracen Supporters Association and is not an official product of Saracens Limited. Content provided voluntarily by our guests and contributors are of their own opinion, which may change over time and should not be taken as fact, particularly as the podcast hosts are regularly talking drivel anyway. If you've got some drivel of your own you'd like to share, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at fezcast underscore SSA. You can search Facebook for the Fezcast or you can email fezcast.ssa at outlook.com. Uh, Welcome to the next episode of the FezCast. So two weeks ago we had Saracens women's captain Lottie Clapp. Last week Saracens Mavericks captain Sasha Corbin. This week it's me and John Mannings. We haven't got Owen Farrell this week, sorry. But you know, (coughs) next best thing. How you doing John? You're right. All good, mate. All good. I trust you to skip of the show, Matt, so you can be the captain for the day. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, if, if anyone's expecting a, a trademark Jez Rance from today, which there probably would have been, to be honest, he's not around. <laughs> it was his birthday. or Sorry, well, it is his birthday today, as we're recording on a Monday. So he's having a, uh, having a week off. But calming down, I think, after, uh, after our defeat to Leicester, which we'll get to in the second half of the show. But first, we best talk about everything that's going on around the rest of the Saracens family. Um, and I'm actually going to start at Amptill because a lot of people wouldn't have noticed. Um, but Don Morris was making his uh, his long-awaited return from uh, from injury playing for Amptill. I don't really know how he got on, to be honest, but it's good to see Dom back playing, isn't it, John? It certainly is. I, I noticed that he was taking part in the warm-up. Um, I think it was the last two games you've been at home. I know they was like a few weeks apart, but he was... He was. Uh, he seemed to be taking a full part in that. So, he, and he looked fit enough to me. So, hopefully, I mean, if, if uh, Nick Tompkins is retained by Wales this weekend, he might get a game at the Stonex against Newcastle. Who knows? Quite possibly. Yeah. I mean, we uh, we had a pretty young bench uh, this weekend, and we which didn't actually make it onto the pitch. So, yeah, we could actually see Dom pretty soon. So, uh, yeah, good to hear from him. And um, we we'll switch over to netball very very quickly. Saracens Mavericks getting their first win of the season. Um, one out of two. You've got the scoreline there, John. What was it? So the Mavericks won 62-57 against Leeds Rhinos, who didn't have a very good few days after losing to Warrington Wolves in the <laughs> return of the Rugby League Super League. So, yeah, good result for the Mavs and uh, unlucky to Leeds. Their football team lost as well. So, Bad terrible day. time for the Yorkshiremen. <laughs> yeah, depending which sort of Yorkshireman you are, I suppose. Really, but <laughs> they've got a um, they've got a double header next weekend against the teams. I think the, the two... Teams that are top of the league, they're playing two days on the spin, so that'd be a tough one, wouldn't it? But yeah. Um, good luck. Absolutely. But two Saracens women who played in the duel against Harlequins at the weekend. I mean, the first thing to say is that Saracens, quite rightly, have just put out that it was a record attendance for a, uh, for a women's match for us. A couple of people short of 3,000, and I'm very sorry because I was actually one of those that didn't quite make it and might have turned it over to 3,000. So, uh, so, yeah, apologies, everyone. I had a bit of a uh, bit of a last-minute change of plan there. But good uh, good atmosphere, wasn't it? Yeah, it seems so. I mean, considering there was a there was a power outage in the area prior to kick-off, I think the, the girls certainly bought the power come come half-past two or whenever it kicked off. And, yeah, they, they beat them up, really, for the first half, 27-0 at half-time. And uh, it was only really the third quarter of the game where... If you break it down into 20-minute blocks, we lost 12-0, but winning the other three quarters, if only the men could have done the same, but never mind. But yeah, I mean, well set in the league now. 10 points off top. Tough next game, though, away at Gloucester Hartbury there. It was second at the minute. That's not going to be easy, but 
started to hit their stride a bit, the, the, the Saracens women's team. And I, I'm I'm actually really confident they go there and get a result. I don't see why they wouldn't. They are, we are the reigning champions after all. And uh, yeah, Gloucester won't fancy that Saracens pack coming and introducing themselves again on a on Saturday afternoon. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's been a bit of a strange season, isn't it? With all the sort of international players going to the World Cup and being introduced pretty slowly back into the squad. So I suppose it's only now that they're fully gelling together as a team. I mean, Jez and I have mentioned a couple of times we were at the Stonex for us playing Gloucester Hartbury with a slightly weakened team and not actually getting a point on the board. And like you say, it looks very different now. You think, well, actually, we could go down there and um, and give them a good game, which uh, which we really hope. But there's a couple of highlights from uh, from the match there we should probably talk about. One which I've watched over and over again is uh, Jess Breach's try. Um, for two reasons, actually. One is that any time a prop gets involved in a bit of set play is a good highlight for me. So Kelsey Clifford uh, taking the ball and just bobbling it on to, uh, to Jess for her to work her magic. You deserve some credit there, definitely. But Jess Bridge for Harlequins, for Saracen, she's making a real name for herself, coming onto the ball from, from deep. She's playing at fullback, which she hasn't always done. And yeah, she's just a walking highlights, really, wasn't she? It was it was very good. I mean, the first couple of tries for, for us in that game were long ranges and some good line breaks. And yeah, <clears throat> you know, it's... it's it, 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 that crowd of 2,000, whatever it was, get to see tries like that. Hopefully they'll go back again because it's not always been like that. And But it was a couple of very, very good finishes. It was a really good play, actually. There was some, you know what, our pack, that pack is so powerful. There's some really good players in there. There's some good ball handlers in there. Like you said, Kelsey Clifford with the offload for the first one. And it's, uh, like I said, I really feel like they're in their strides again now. And even though it has been a disjointed, disrupted season, it's still was it eight wins out of 11. It's not too bad, you know what I mean. There's still and there's still plenty of time left for. Like they, they will have, they will be have their eyes firmly fixed on the exit of Chiefs, who are currently top. And yeah, that league's not done yet, not by a long stretch. Yeah, it's a bit strange, really, isn't it? Being sort of this far into 2023 already, and we're only just sort of halfway through the season, just because of how late mm. it all started. But yeah, I mean, you're right. We, you know. Years gone by, the way Saracens women won their matches was get to within five or ten metres of the try line and then give it to either Poppy Cleal or Marley Packer for them to run run through four players and score. And there's a lot more to the game now. Um, and one of those added facets is um, is a bit of kicking as well, which in the first half went pretty well. Um, and then for a bit of the second half, things went a little bit wrong for, um, for poor old Zoe Harrison, chucking a pass to... Gift Harlequins a try, a um, couple of kicks going out on the full, and then unfortunately looking like she picked up a pretty bad injury, didn't she, John? Yeah, it was a. <clears throat> the only reason I can see that she may have played that pass is she was so close to the posts. Maybe it would have, she would have uh, hit them and it would have ricocheted back. But yeah, I just I really hope that um, that injury, which didn't look great, is not as bad as it as it looked, and she'll be back soon enough. Good luck to her. Yeah, yeah. I hope all the best. Yeah, she did go off on a uh, on a stretcher with a pretty lengthy delay after it, so it's uh, it's bad news. But yeah, one more. I mean, the highlights. I mean, there was there was no need for a camera on the right hand side of the pitch in the first half as well. I think all four tries that we scored in that first half are all all down that down that left wing, and actually both wingers getting involved as well. So strange how things go sometimes, isn't it? But yeah, even. Um, Poppy Cleal and Marley Packer combining down the wing as well, so maybe that was a deliberate, uh, deliberate thing in front of the uh, in front of the packed crowd. Do you reckon? 
Yeah, why not? <clears throat> Maybe they were being they were being sucked across that side of the pitch. <laughs> no, yeah, it was. Uh, it, you're right. There was the first two, obviously, in that in that same corner. And yeah, so, sometimes it goes like that. And maybe that the you, you know how much work goes into these games prior to the match. They, they would have known exactly where Harlequins were weak, and maybe that's a just an, an area that they identified, and it was exposed, and they smashed it. Quite possibly, quite possibly. And uh, player of the match was given to um, to Georgia Evans in the back row. Who's sort of when you've got a back row that's got Poppy Cleal and Marley Packer in it to be uh, to be the player of the match alongside them. She uh, she definitely put a shift in. Possibly did a lot of the unnoticed work, didn't she, really, in the background? Yeah, she did. You know, like I keep saying, that pack's just unbelievable. One of those three in particular, all excellent players, all bring so much to the team. And, yeah, congratulations to Georgia. I think it was uh, well-deserved, to be honest. Absolutely. And, yeah, as you said, we're uh, our next match is going down to Gloucester, so um, a big test there. And then I think it's Exeter coming up after that. So pretty... Um, Pretty season-defining, I think, and then ahead of the uh, the women's Six Nations as well. So, plenty to cover from them over the next couple of weeks. This is going to be a pretty uh, pretty short show with just myself and John around, but we're going to have a little break. I'm going to finish off my cup of coffee, and we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll have to pick apart the uh, the men's defeat to uh, to Leicester because we're kind of going to have to do that in almost in two halves, really. But we'll see. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Listening to the Fezcast, which is proudly sponsored by the Saracen Supporters Association. And I'm Alison Davis, one of the SSA committee. For a £10 annual subscription, the SSA provides our members with monthly newsletters, virtual and in person player events, away match ticket allocations, and we organise pre match gatherings at away matches. We sponsor men's and women's players, and we support the Saracens Foundation Track Club on behalf of our members. On top of all that, Every year we have a seasonal SSA badge, which is exclusive to members. Where else can you get that much value for a tenner? Join now at membermojo.co.uk forward slash SSA or come and see us on match day in the Oasis at the Stonex. This is the Fezcast. Welcome back. Uh, quick first half of the show and probably a longer second one now because probably me and John have got a few bits to get off our chest, I reckon. But so let's um let, let's talk about the worst bit of the weekend, shall we? The first um first twenty minutes of the uh, Leicester v Saris game, um, which I actually managed to re- to preview with a lot of different people from Leicester, and I'm I'm glad I didn't get too above my station and say that we were going to batter them. I actually said I reckoned we might have a narrow loss, so I'm I'm not embarrassing myself there, other than being a pessimistic Saris fan. But it, yeah, it wasn't a good start to the game, was it, John? No, it wasn't. I mean, if you take out the the, the first, what was it, thirteen minutes or something, two tries down, you give yourself a mountain to climb. But the one thing, I mean, as you can tell by the WhatsApp group, yes, I did have the right time whilst <laughs> the game was going on. But then when you, you sit back after and you reflect upon it, and you go, okay, so. We stopped them scoring from the 30, 35th minute onwards. I think it was they didn't score any points and come out much improved in the second half. And if if the ball had bounced our way, we probably would have won. But it is what it is. You take it on the chin, and it's uh, at least we didn't come away with no points. One is better than none, obviously. But 
Yeah, to be fair, when you're going away to teams like Leicester during the Six Nations, I know it de- depletes them as well, but it's a, you know one of the toughest places in the league to go and to come away with something. It's not too bad. On reflection, I think that you know the fact that the defence stayed on the coach for the first twenty minutes is ultimately what cost us. But you know we live and learn. And the, the thing that I do like about this this current crop since we've come back up from the championship is you don't often lose two on the bounce. There's normally always a reaction. And there was a reaction within the game on Sunday. As I said, you know, the last 45 minutes of the game, we didn't concede anything. But it really fills me with hope that Newcastle are going to get an absolute clout in on, on this coming weekend <laughs> because that tends to be what we do. And hopefully we do it again. No, probably, yeah. I think that's what we're all thinking, really, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, that that first first minute, like, like you said, the, the defence... Um, was pretty much non-existent for at least 15 minutes or so, being outdone by Leicester's um, dad's army in the backs. I think um, both you and I feeling pretty youthful after uh, after watching that weekend. Maybe we'd, we'd fancy a run out, but um, we don't like seeing Mike Brown playing well. That's the problem. That's the only that's the only reason I'm a bit annoyed after the weekend. You don't don't want to see him doing well. But fair play to the fella coming back. He's he's not had a club for however long it's been. Um, signing on a short-term deal with Leicester and showing showing Quinns and Newcastle, really, that maybe it was a bit of a mistake to let him go. It certainly was. I think if you consider the fact that if it... I'm not, maybe not necessarily Quinns, obviously, but especially Newcastle, although they did bring our boy Elliot up, up to Newcastle to, and they've, they've kept him on a permanent deal now, so then maybe they're not missing Mike Brown. But yeah, when you look at the, the back part of the pitch for Leicester and you've got 39 year old Gopeth and 35 year old Ashton and 37 year old Brown the one thing you don't anticipate is them scoring long range running tries from nowhere but then I suppose when you've got ball carriers like Jasper Visa in your team as well then you know that's where the opportunity comes from and to be fair look they took them and, and Pollard was decent off the tee and yeah they, had, they, had, they, they played pretty well and it took for us to play terribly in that first half an hour for them to win so We'll take that really. I think so. Oh yeah, I think that that first bit of the performance was sort of typified by. I mean, I saw the replay from the sort of aerial shot of uh, of the visa run. I think, and uh, Nick Tompkins breaking the line to uh, to go in and, and tackle any one of four players and watching all four of them run straight past him. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really a good look, was it? And yeah, there was even you know the likes of Sean Maitland playing at fullback, which he doesn't normally do for us anymore. Um, and Ratimi Shegan as well at the start. Both of them, I'm not sure they made a tackle in that first first ten or fifteen minutes. It certainly <laughs> fell off of a couple, and it does happen. But yeah, there was um, was a bit of a response, but that was only after as well Jackson Ray going down um, going down injured, and it says a lot about Jackson that he actually carried on for as long as he did. But yeah, he looks um, looked to be in a bit of a bad way, didn't he? Yeah, he's an absolute animal, and he's such a such a club legend and. Sorry to see him get injured, especially you know he, he, this this time of year he, he he comes to the fore and being unfortunately never capped by England means that he's good for us is that he's available during these periods and he's normally one of our standout players. I mean throughout the season really, but he becomes more prominent at captain the side and leads from the front. And yeah, I was gutted for him yesterday. Although where there's where there's a bad luck, there opportunity knocks, and I thought Toby Knight looked really good when he come on. So. 
I, I mean, hopefully Jackson Ray's injury is not too bad, but it doesn't look like we're going to be seeing him anytime soon. I wouldn't have thought. I just hope it's not a break because, yeah, it's as as we've seen with Billy Vanipola in the past. Once you get once it happens once, you become susceptible and to happening again, obviously. But yeah, no, Toby Knight come on done really well and. He will, if he gets to go again this weekend and he and he backs that performance up, then we could have a honestly a real star in our hands, along with a few other youngsters within our squad. Oh, Josh Hallett has played really well this season when he's been given opportunity, and we've had Theo Dan come from nowhere. And I know he was unlucky, Theo, with a couple of knock-ons towards the end of the game. He really put his body on the line in that in that match and really give a Warriors performance, and it'll only help strengthen his resolve and. Hopefully it means it doesn't happen again as well. But yeah, no, there was a lot of players come out with a decent amount of credit yesterday. You know, after half an hour, you probably wouldn't have thought that would be the case. But shows the the character of the side will always be, and they typify that Saracens Wolfpack mentality. And you can see that how deep rooted it is within this this club, and it continues generation upon generation. And that's why my overriding feeling, although it started off with anger, pretty much. Let's be honest. Turned into a bit of pride, to be honest, Matt. And yeah, no, it was a few players took opportunities after we, you know, if only the game started after 20 minutes, we'd have won. But <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, yeah, certainly Theo Dan, when he came on, he... <laughs> the highlights reel for him actually is going to be the two two times he knocked on, or it might even be more than twice. Um, and people yeah. are going to remember that. But yeah, like you say, he, he come on with half an hour to go. And probably carried more than any other player during that time. And yeah, it looks a real live wire. His darts were pretty good as well. Didn't lose a line yes. out, which has always been, over the last few years, it's been, for some reason, other than Jamie George, and even Jamie George sometimes, we do have a bit of, bit of trouble with our line outs. Um, I think the trouble is we've got, our stadium's like the windiest spot on the planet, which doesn't help. Even like, you, you, yeah, you're right. We've had, we've had plenty of a hooker that's from home and, and away teams who have struggled on our patch. But no, he's... The thing is, with Theo Danny's like that. I don't know if this new breed of rugby player, but he's like a hooker, back row, hybrid. He can sort of pretty much play anywhere, carries really well. For quite a small guy, he's got some power. I'm really infused by what the future holds for him, for sure. Oh, definitely. Oh, it's something we've spoken about a couple of times already on the show. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to, uh, to what we see from him. And, yeah, you're right. I think Toby Knight might have... Um, might have a part to play over the next couple of weeks, even if Jackson Ray's injury isn't as bad as it might might look. But yeah, tail of um, I was to say tail of two halves, it was tail of a third and two thirds, uh, wasn't it? it was, um, we had a good good end to the first half, and yeah, second half on another day, I, you know, we we'd have won that. But Leicester's defence, you got to got to credit them really, haven't you? It was um, pretty that's solid. The thing. Yeah, of course. I mean, if we'd have come up against. We'll say any other team in the league, but there's not many clubs who would have defended like that and kept us out. To be honest, there, there would have been we would have scored more if it, if it wasn't for the fact that they defended so valiantly. But you know, you, you you look at the you look at the league, obviously, and we had a bit of a, of a result with Sale not winning um, on Saturday, and we're I think seven points clear still at the top, and then there's a gap of I think, I'm sure it's 22 points between us and fifth, so. Depending on results, <clears throat> you could see maybe us guaranteeing a, a semi-final and then the home semi-final pretty soon. So, you know, we've been in worse spots at this time of the season, but onwards and upwards, mate. I'm, I'm more positive today, for sure. 
That's fair. I mean, I've been a fan when we've been looking over our shoulder and it's been a celebration when we're safe from relegation for another season. So yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. this is, yeah, just remember where you come from, everyone. But I mean, you say you, you were angry on the day. I was a little bit peed off as well. Um, and we're going to have to talk about the uh, the one elephant in the room, maybe, that has, uh, that has got on everyone's <laughs> wick, which is Mike Brown's try, the third try of the game, um, which if you rewind back a good minute or so, um, one of the Leicester players has put his foot on the touchline. He's in touch. The, uh, and the touch judge hasn't seen it or has seen it, thought, oh, that was close and not given it. Um, and unfortunately, it was so far back in the play that the TMO is not allowed to look at it. Try stands. So I think we've got every right to be a bit annoyed by it, definitely. Uh, what do you I reckon, it's, it's just the fact that it happened so close. That's what it that if if the touch judge is twenty meters behind, you so go okay, fair enough. I mean, all right, why are you twenty meters behind? But <laughs> yeah, when it happens in such, he's probably about four feet away, and it's like surely the only thing you're looking at in that within that time is the feet, and yeah, he missed it. So one thing I would say about the lineout as well, Andy Christie apparently called the lineout for the first time ever in a Saracen shirt on Sunday, and did really well. If you, I didn't know this prior to the game. It's only hearing uh, Mark McCall's quotes afterwards. And you, and when you think back, you go, no, they did well. And considering that we're missing some big lads in that second row and there's a lot of experience missing from the team at the moment, you take Ezekwe, Toje and McFarland out of a, a line-out calling system. And there's some serious people to replace. So props to Andy Christie done well there. Absolutely. I mean, um, he's probably, uh, I don't know, is he my call for player of the match? I don't know. Him, him and Billy are probably the two that, um, from certainly from a Saracen side, obviously Mike Brown got it for Leicester. But yeah, um, yeah Andy Christie and Billy Vunipola really, um, they sort of made the hard yards in in, in a good sort of half an hour, 45 minutes of that game. Alex Lewington played well as well. And I think yeah. if you take out 15 minutes for Ratimi Shegan, he was pretty good. But what do you reckon? Anyone else that sort of stood out or? Well, the, the names I would have I would have put forward for for player of the match would have been the three you mentioned first, to be honest, mate. So there was like no one was no one was terrible, no one was great. It's just one of them days. I think it's not picking from the best from a bad bunch, but yeah, there weren't any standouts really. There there would have been there would have been definitely if the, if we'd have got over the line in the last couple of minutes, but yeah, never mind. Yeah. And I mean, going back to the uh, the try that maybe shouldn't have been a try. I don't I don't know about you, but for me, that's um, I don't think we can necessarily say that that was the only reason we lost, was it? Although, yes, it was a one score game. That was a seven point swing, but the game was twenty five minutes old. It would have been played in a very different way for the last, well, certainly for the the rest of the first half and some of the second half. It would have been very different if the scoreline had been different. So, who knows, really? I think it's just what's the most disappointing way is the, the way that the 37-year-old fullback darts back in and cuts <laughs> diagonally across through a massive gap because that's that sort of compounds the misery because you're annoyed that that call's been missed and then that happens and he just, yeah, that's when <laughs> yeah. I got a bit red in the face there, I must admit. <laughs> well, look, let's, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to uh, gonna point out, because I've, I've had this conversation with someone else, actually, we've been, where we've been talking about the Six Nations and the uh, and the low try for, for Ireland that his foot grazed the turf on the way through. And, uh, and I've been asked twice, actually, why I was annoyed that that try 
was given and shouldn't have been. And I'm less annoyed about the Saracens one. And the difference for me is the fact that the low one, the TMO, was allowed to review it. So was allowed to slow it down to almost a stop and sit and study it for ages. Whereas for us at the weekend, we're looking at a touch judge making a decision in real time in a split second. Um, two pretty different things for me, but I know there's going to be different views, isn't there? Depends where your allegiance is lie, mate. I didn't particularly have the ump about the James Lowe one because I wanted Ireland to win. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I did have the ump yesterday because I wanted Saracens to win. So exactly. No. I mean, I, I try and be, as as many people have noticed, I try and be as... Um, neutral is the wrong word because I'm definitely not a neutral, but consider the angles a little bit from, uh, yeah. from where things are coming. And at the end of the day, even even the best people in a business are going to make the odd mistake here and there. And to be fair, people stick a foot in touch all the time. There's a, there's a marginally forward pass in a game all the time. In fact, there were probably dozens in that, in that match that were missed both from, from Leicester and Saracens. And the fact is they're not always given. In fact, forward passes are pretty much never given. And, uh, and yeah, people definitely going to touch. And I, to be honest, there's a lot going on in rugby at the moment about how much the ball's in play and the game being two stop start. And if there is a strategy from referees and from touch judges to, to go, all right, if I'm not sure about a decision, I'm just going to let the game play and let the game flow. I'm all for it, to be honest. Although yes. this week it's gone against us. Next week we might get a little decision our way. Well, let's hope so. I think that, you know, <clears throat> you hear all the time it evens itself out over the course of a season. And let's be perfectly honest, we have had some clutch results this season so far. Gloucester at home, Exeter away, Bristol at home. There's been a few. There's been a few which could have gone either way. Even when we played Bath at home, they had a disallowed try where they, they, the momentum probably would have seen them win that game. There's, there's been, I'd say, apart from Leicester and Exeter at home, we've been it's been squeaky bum time for quite a lot, <laughs> quite a lot of our games and for large periods of them as well. So sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. It is exactly. what it is. I mean, I, I turned 30 this year and I can see a lot of grey hairs on my head and I'm uh, blaming Saracens entirely for it. And I reckon if you had any, you'd have some grey hairs as well, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, there are a few silver ones that poke through, which is why I have a shade every three days. <laughs> Hair damn face, I'm afraid, nowadays, but yeah. No, fair enough. But uh, it's entertaining anyway, isn't it? And um, hopefully there's a bit of entertainment this weekend. Like you said, we've got, we got Newcastle at home. It might be an occasion where we um, where we rest a couple of players, but then there's um, there's a few more breaks coming up as well, wouldn't there? So how, how would you be playing it this week? I, I think you have to go as strong as possible, really, because then... Because why wouldn't you, basically? Depending on who doesn't get selected to play for their countries. I mean, we've had... The two Scottish lads and Tompkins for Wales haven't played any part in the Six Nations so far. And you never know what might have happened had we had games on the previous two weekends before yesterday. So it depends. If we're without those three again, it leaves they leave massive holes, obviously. You add that to Jackson Ray's injury, which didn't look great. And then you, you're, sort of, you're sort of scratching around, really, because, well, you know, we can't have the sort of size squad that we might have previously had. So... And and to attract players from big countries who are not involved in the Six Nations, you can't afford to keep them on the payroll nowadays. So we're not losing Itoji and bringing Will Skelton into the team. It's, those days are gone. So 
<clears throat> we'll see. I think we have to go strong because you'd, you'd probably think that Sale would up their, up their ideas up and then you could be talking about maybe a two-point gap before we play uh, after that. So you got you you certainly don't want to lose two on the bounce at this stage. Yeah. That's the other thing. Because <clears throat> doubt can start creeping in. And you saw last season, the first weekend back after the Six Nations was Bristol at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And we didn't play very well. We looked in that game like there was a like some of the the patterns of play had been lost and you need to sort of build up that level of of beat well, I know they played together a lot, you, but you, I know, you know what I mean, don't you? You need to get that kind of uh, rhythm back in. And when you're bringing a load of players back in at once, you don't really want to have to be relying on results then. If we can go into that Queens game on the 25th of March, still with a sizable gap, it takes a little bit of pressure off. And they certainly won't want that building. And I hope that, although Newcastle will be pretty much full strength with McGuigan and Carreras and Radwan and whoever else there, we should still be able to get a result we'd like to think that we don't want to lose this either because it's a 10 year anniversary at Stonex game so don't want that one going down in the record books as a loss absolutely not no and uh, yeah obviously we want to take a bit of momentum into the game being played at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium which is great gaff I had um, far too many beers last time I was there so that'll be uh Exactly the same again, I'm sure. But yeah, I, mean, you know, I think for me, obviously we want to get as far ahead as we can up to that point. Um, and then, you know, we are still playing in Europe. If, you, if we're top of the table and secure the home semi-final and we can start resting players in the league and bringing some of the players that are getting a bit tired back in to play those European fixtures, as a lot of other clubs around Europe do, we have got a shot. At two trophies, definitely. So yeah, I'm with you. Newcastle, That's all guns good. blazing. And <clears throat> I don't, I don't think we're going to put seventy points on them, but I certainly want to see us um, get a bonus point win with as strong a side as we can. That's got to be the target, really. Oh, you'd like to think so. I mean, you know, they are perennial strugglers, Newcastle, and they don't have a great record at our place. And you know, actually, the more I talk, the more I'm thinking they might turn us over now. <laughs> but yeah, the, the fact that the game after Newcastle is sale away. Yeah, you don't want to be going there with only a, a couple of points in it. Absolutely not. No. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Newcastle game anyway. Should be a good one. But yeah, same. Around the same time as that, we've got Six Nations back again. Um, and we've got exactly the same players um, in the England reckoning as we've had um, all the way through. But, yeah, I wonder whether one or two of them might end up coming back because of the, some of the call-ups that have uh, that have been made. And... Um, yeah, England against Wales. I called it the wooden spoon game last week. I, that was probably a bit <laughs> a bit harsh, but we'll uh, we'll have to see. But yeah, do you reckon? Um, do you reckon any of ours are coming back, John? Or do you reckon we're uh, we stuck with what we got? I think yeah, a lot of it depends on Courtney Law's fitness. To be honest, I think that's probably the only one where you might see Nick Azikwe come back. Yeah, but I can't see anything too radical happening. Although <clears throat> Caden Murley's been called up, will that mean Malins is released? Probably not. I think it, I think that's possibly the only one. I can't see that there's going to be too many other changes to the the the, the, the match day twenty three for England. I think yeah, like I say, Laws for Zeke Bay. That's probably it. Although we'll have Ben Earl back if you're going to continue not starting in place, Steve Paul. But <laughs> yeah, no, I think that might be our lot, mate. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, to be honest, I, I think Ben Earl may well end up starting at the weekend. Um, I can't see any reason why he shouldn't. But yeah, with with Laws coming back in. 
I think he is ahead of Zeke in the pecking order, definitely. Um, and so it might mean that we get Nick back, which would be brilliant because we're quickly running out of players in the second row and the back row, really, aren't we? So especially if, if Chris, Christie goes with Scotland and Ray's out injured, it's um, it's pretty big for us. But on on that note, actually, the second row, I think I thought Tom Ellis did all right yesterday. Yeah, thrown in there, starting at four. I think he did all right. I think he did. I think he did a lot of. Um, a lot of the simple work well. I think that's probably the best way of putting it. I don't, you know, he wasn't the most dynamic in attack necessarily. I think Tizard was probably our more dynamic of the two second rows, but Ellis put a lot of tackles in, definitely. Um, did, yeah. I think, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised actually if he's someone that we are having a look at for next season as well, um, especially because he can cover <laughs> most of the forwards other than the front yeah, line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely look forward to that. But the other one in the England squad that's quite interesting is George Ford being called up, isn't it? Oh, you saying Owen Farrell might get released? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I, do you know, there's probably people out there that are, that are hoping that happens, but yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think it's um, it's a straight shot, really, with um, with Farrell starting and um, what he thinks of um, Smith and Ford. I mean, I'm not going to uh, not going to go out of town on Marcus Smith because we seem to do it every week, especially when Jez is around. But I, well, I will if you like. It'd be yeah, go on if Ford and Farrell start at ten and twelve, and England put forty points on Wales. That's what's going to happen. Rolling back the years there, but then yeah, that, exactly. that, that might mean that Farrell's back at twelve again. So I'm not sure. I'm uh, not sure. I'm up for that. I don't mind that. I've got number twelve on the back of Charlie's England shirt for him with Farrell on it, so I don't mind that. That's, yeah, to be fair, he's I think he's only actually played. I'm sure it's only. 39 or 40 games out of over 100 caps at 10 anyway. I think you're right, yeah. Bad, but still. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. I mean, Smith obviously didn't cover himself in glory uh, in the minutes that he uh, that he played against Italy, I don't think, but yeah, it's a shame for uh, for Finn Smith who's a who's a good promising young player and he might be the uh, the long-term Smith for England, I reckon, but his uh, his time will come, but yeah, George Ford back in the mix is is pretty interesting. But Ben Young's as well. He's he's still there to add to his two hundred and eighty five caps. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how he gets back in that squad after how he played yesterday, especially in the second half. Some of his kicking was woeful. <laughs> he got he got he looked like he'd been beaten up as well, which is going to happen if you move at four miles an hour all the time. But. Yeah, is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, England against Wales are two teams in disarray in the Six Nations, but you'd uh, you'd hope we'll uh, we'll win that really, given how they how the Welsh team are playing at the moment. But that's another one that you say about Newcastle turning Saracens over. I mean, I, I can't see it, but I, what I can see is Wales turning up to play England. They always do, don't they? Yeah, we're England's uh, England is everyone's biggest game. Let's be honest, no one likes us. It'll be it'll be an interesting watch. The only problem is, of course, it's on a it's on a, a Premiership match day where Saracens are at home. So I can't be hanging around in in uh, North London too long. I need to get back home, but also I'll miss some of it. But still, as long as England win, last time I missed the game because of that. Uh, we got back on the train to find out that Charlie Yules had been sent off after twelve seconds or whatever it was against Ireland. So let's hope that don't happen again. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> let's we'll wait and see. But yeah, John, it's probably time to let you go home and go to bed, isn't it? So uh, best uh, best end the show. <laughs> yeah, I've been on the go for a while now, mate. Yeah. I have finished now. I'll stop getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll just broadcast that out for everyone to hear, shall we? But there we go. 
be all right. As long as no one at Kimberley Clark North Fleet listens to this, I'll be all right. Well, you heard it here first, everyone. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say as well, there was a group of our uh, boys and girls from Old Graves Indians Rugby Club that done some of the Saracens camps at Dartfordians last week. And if any, if there's any parents out there that have undenied and not done it, I'd highly recommend it. They were at a full day of some really great coaching and th- th- every single kid from our from our uh, rugby club at Old G's really enjoyed it. So I'd, I'd recommend next time half-term rolls around, if you're thinking about it, get it done. Uh, do you know what? That, you know, it was something that we were talking about before we started recording, actually, was was Saracens in the community with the with the kids' rugby and the fact that you know, all the kids play in there. Yeah, they're interested in their rugby, but you ask them what team they support and they're talking football. I mean, what do we yeah. do about it? It's... <laughs> Well, yeah, that is. I mean, it's it's until rugby starts promoting itself and using football as an example to market itself, it's going to continue to be the case. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, like what we we said off air earlier, there's probably going to be a, a much smaller attendance on Saturday because it's a Six Nations Day and we're missing a lot of players. And this is the opportunity to get kids down there, maybe where there is going to be more tickets available and get the next generation indoctrinated and. They can, they can uh, share the pain and glory with us moving forward. <laughs> Hopefully more glory than pain anyway. But you know, I think I think as a kid, you have to have to get your first loss in early. You've got to know how it feels, haven't you? <laughs> you do, yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, Charlie, don't know how good he's got it really, does he? So. <laughs> Even being a Spurs fan, a good weekend. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, as a Tottenham fan, I'm quite happy at the moment, so... We know why Jez has ducked it, really. He's, he's Imagine coming up with such an elaborate ploy that you have to have your birthday the day after so you don't have to talk to me. <laughs> Shocking. Well, I think that's a perfect way for us to end the show, really. So, yeah, we'll... Uh... I don't know what we're uh, what we're going to be doing next week. We might have a guest. We might not. It might be me. It might be John. It might be Jez. It might be someone else. But uh, for this week, we'll say goodbye. John's going home and going to bed. I've got work to do. So we'll crack on. But yeah, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Cheers, John. No worries, mate. Last one. See you all soon. This is the Fezcast. Fezcast.